0: Food, just saying the word, may stir up all kinds of thoughts and feelings inside of you. Do you feel like your relationship with food is complicated? Have you listened to the world's opinions about what foods are good or bad? Do you find yourself using food to manage your emotions? Does food have control over your life? And did you know that 97% of all diets fail? 97%. This means it's virtually impossible to be told by someone else what to eat. It doesn't work. If you are ready to stop being bossed around by what the world says about food and your body and get back in touch with who God made you to be and what's best for your body and what to eat, you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness. I'm inviting you to turn down the volume on diet culture and tune into God's voice with our brand new challenge, Food is not the boss of me. Your body is good, food is good. And learning to trust yourself with good things is exactly what God wants for you. For 21 days, you'll learn to get free from the world's prescription of what you should eat or drink or what your body should look like. You see, the people of God have an advantage over the world's body ideals, diets, and suggestions. We have a God who is with us to help us with all things through the power of His Spirit. And His Spirit is right here in us. We only need to train up our bodies and minds to lean in and learn to listen. This is possible. Let us teach you. By inviting the Lord into all areas of your life, specifically your food choices, you can learn to trust your hunger and fullness cues and see your body as God sees it. Every day of this challenge, you'll receive a short video lesson, a written devotional, an audio experiential activity, and an easy to follow workout that focuses on gentle movement for every fitness level. Plus, you'll receive recipes to give you fresh ideas for mealtime. You'll also have access to our Revelation Wellness community and connect with a trusted team of coaches who have years of experience teaching others to engage with food God's way. If you don't want food to be the boss of you anymore, surrender your thoughts and invite the Holy Spirit into your life in a new way by focusing on the results that matter, the health of your heart, mind, and soul, not your weight or any results a scale can measure. Break up with diet culture once and for all. Sign up today for Food Is Not the Boss of Me. Hey friends, you just heard Alisa share their brand new program, Food Is Not the Boss of Me, is now open for registration. For 21 days, you'll learn to get free from the world's prescription of what you should eat or drink or what your body should look like. All of the information is in the show notes, so swipe up to get registered today. And now, friends, Elisa is going to dig in deeper in this episode as she talks about healing our relationship with food and helps walk us through how we can finally stop feeling guilty about the food we eat and start living in peace. This is a good one, friends. Hope you're blessed by it. As always, thanks for being here. Be sure to connect with us in all the places. Peace. In March of 2019, the New York Post published an article based on a study done by Chomps, and it was a research of 2,000 Americans. And what they found is this. Five times per week, Americans feel guilty about food and eating. That equates to three and a half full days spent feeling guilty per year. 29% of food Americans eat makes them feel guilty. 44% of Americans feel guilty about the food they eat more than four times a week. 51% said that food guilt lowers their self-esteem. 30% of meals are decided based on what will make Americans feel less guilty. Here are the top guilt foods according to this study. 46% of them said ice cream, 44% said chocolate, 43% candy, 42% cookies, 40% potato chips. 42% feel more guilty about snacking than eating main meals. 72% of people feel guilty about their food that they eat within 10 minutes of eating it. The top five causes of food guilt are number one is just unhealthy food. 44% said high sugar content food. 43% said just overeating in general. And 41% said high fat content. And 35% said food makes them feel guilty because they're unhappy with body weight. 57% feel that food guilt is a waste of their time, but yet (laughs) still they do it. All right, friends, we're talking about food. What is going on here? It's food. How did we get to this place where food can make us feel guilty? And, and notice that it is guilt that we are considering here. And guilt is a felt feeling. So what factors are influencing? our behaviors with food. There's gotta be something bigger going on here for food to have this kind of power. So here are some factors to consider. We need to pull out zoom out and take an objective look at food and our relationship to it in the world around us. So here are some of those factors that influence our relationship with food. First cultural. Food is cultural. If I was to say biblical times, food, you get an image in your mind, maybe of people sitting on the ground around a table breaking what looks like pita bread, and maybe there was some wine involved. There definitely wasn't a Big Mac or pizza on the table, right? If you think of specific cultures, you know what kind of food you can expect. If you were to go tonight to have Ethiopian food, that's food of a specific culture. Food is cultural. Now I would suggest that we are coming out of a time of a diet and fitness culture where food got entangled inside of the conversation and food became more about how our bodies look, how food makes us look rather than how we feel. And we can back this up into the 1920s and time of industrial revolution. When we started mass producing clothing prior to the industrial revolution and the mass production of the textile industry, did you know that people had clothes tailor fit for them? If you needed clothing, you would go down to the local clothery, tailor, pick out your material, invest the money in a very nice dress or suit, or whatever it might be. And it was costly, but it was made to fit you. It wasn't until we see the Industrial Revolution take place where we figured out a way to make money and also save costs by mass producing food, uh, clothing where people would now have to change their bodies to fit into a specific guideline of sizing. It's at this time we see people changing, needing to change the shape of their body in order to fit into clothes that are more affordable and maybe even fashionable, because if more people are wearing it, now we're seen in some type of an it group Inclusivity, which is something our souls long for. And if we need to change our body, then exercise can be one way. But in the early 1900s, or I guess the early 20th century, there was, exercise was kind of just happening. It was more for men, especially. Women, definitely not seen as someone to exercise. But food became something that we knew we could manipulate to change how we look. And so food got swept up into not only our culture here in the United States of having more food plentifully available between the food industry starting to happen and mass produce of crops, but as well as our body fashion and sizing changing changes. So we see this, culturally has been something we've been swimming in for some time when it comes to food. Primarily, how does food make us look? Started to become part of our culture here in the United States. Then we have evolutionary influences, which means food has changed over the years, right? As I said, Jesus time. There's a specific food available, and now food has evolved. and we can mass produce it, grow it, and even chemically alter and change it. Another influencing factor with food is social. Our social experience around food. Food is very social. The other night I made a bunch of different reservations for a trip that my family and I will be taking to New York City over Christmas. And because restaurants get packed and it can become quite a a bugger to try and find places to eat, I went ahead and made reservations. But even that alone is such a feat because where is it located? What kind of food? Does it look clean? What's the ambiance? Does that seem like an experience we wanna have while on our Christmas vacation socially? It's part of interacting with one another, food with our family. (laughs) That is a big part of food. Food is connected to the factor of the family. We attach over food. When you were a child, you attached and became closer and bonded with your parent through feeding times. Family and food go hand in hand. And some of us had really good relationships with food in our family and some of us not so much. Food can be used inside a family to cope with pain and loss relationally inside the family. Another factor influencing us when it comes to food is our individual needs and preferences. Some people have acquired allergies over the years, intolerances to dairy, and then there's just preferences. So individually, we have our own, in, we are influenced personally by food. Economics can absolutely affect our, rec- our relationship with food. Economics, meaning healthy, tends to be available for the wealthy. To have access to healthy food and the cost at which it comes at It's not easily attainable. So if I have an economic advantage, then that opens me up to different choices for food. And then finally, psychological. The psychological influence with food is that it's doing something in our minds. In our minds, we have a thought around food. We have dopamine that gets released at the thought of having a piece of chocolate, not at getting the piece of chocolate, but just in the pursuit of it. There's a psychology. There's not only thoughts, but then chemistry that gets released. There's things going on inside of me connected to food. But if you notice with these influences, culturally, evolutionary, social, family, and economics, those all happen outside of us. Let me say it again. Cultural, evolution of food, the evolving of food, social, family, economics. That's five out of the seven on the list. Those happen in an environment around us. But what we can tend to is the environment inside of us, what we think or feel our internal landscape when it comes to food. This is something, friends, we can contend with. And we need to contend with as followers of Christ in the garden. And in the beginning, there was food. It's crazy. There's not cars. There's not homes. God highlights food in the beginning, the goodness of food and the goodness of our body in the beginning were established. That's called original goodness, but then sin entered. We sinned, and sin fractured us from this original goodness. It's the sin as old as time (laughs) when it comes to food. But before there was sin, there was good. Food and body are good. Goodness belongs to God. All of it, under his lordship, under his reign, under his rule, under his love and care, There is goodness, our bodies and our relationship with food. And God knows about these external factors and influence that come around to try and sever us from peace and love and joy, to be able to enjoy food that is cultural, that is relational, that is celebrational. But if what's going on inside of us does not get tended to, we will have a great diet behavior modification plan with food for as long as we live. And friends, we know that 97% of diets don't work. So I'm here today to talk about food to set you on a course towards freedom. First Timothy 4.4 says, Now the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. Paul is actually talking about food here in in context. And he's trying to tell Timothy, listen, things are going to get strange in the future. Boy, did Paul have no idea how strange it would get. I'm sure like snack wells and And cheese stuffed cheese pizza would be like, what, what happened? Sometimes I step back and I say to people, what did food ever do to us to deserve this? (laughs) What, what have we done to food? And what has done food done to us that's ever deserved this? (laughs) We've, we've been deceived by food because there's a deceiver there is a deceitful spirit among us trying to teach us other things. And that's what Paul's trying to say. There's going to be some strange thing coming. People are going to start listening to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons, and they're going to devote themselves to these to the liars because their conscience have been seared. We're prone to lies and deceit. We are prone to worship and serve created things like our bodies and fitting into a smaller pair of pants rather than a creator God who gives us clothing to wear. Our foolish minds become darkened when we are deceived. We were deceived in the beginning. We were good. And we believed that there was more good to be had outside of God's commands. And we believed a liar who tempts us to think there's more. This isn't enough. He tempts us to think that we don't have enough, that we aren't enough, that God is holding out on us. And so we grope for food. We grope for comfort. We grope to be satisfied and to be fed. And where there is longing, there is love for Jesus. Or love of food, love of man, love of body, love of money. Friends, our thoughts and feelings can't lead us to a healthy and truthful relationship with food. Notice people said they feel guilty within 10 minutes. They feel guilty when they have ice cream. They feel, they're they're feeling, everyone is feeling something about food but our feelings can't lead us to a healthy and truthful relationship with food. A manageable one, maybe. My feelings lead me into the next program or the next rule to follow or the next program that worked for someone that maybe it'll work for me because I just want to soothe my feelings. I want a pacifier, but the Holy Spirit wants to talk he talks to us. We have a shepherd who speaks and we know his voice. And I can't think of a better way, but through food, nourishment of a child, that God could be concrete, that we could hear and walk and talk with him. Our feelings can't lead us into a healthy relationship with food. But our thoughts and feelings can lead us to the truth about God, the one who made us and embodied men and women who need food to live a good and a godly life. We're gonna need food. This is why Jesus equates himself to being the bread of life, that he says that he is true food By the way, that's one of my favorite restaurants here. (laughs) One of my favorite lunch spots if you're ever in town, stop by True Food. And every time I walk in, I'm like, this is the gospel. This is Jesus. True food. Food that nourishes me, food that I love the taste, and when I'm done, I feel satisfied. I just wish it wasn't $15 for a salad, but that's on another note. So what can we do to restore and heal our relationship with food? Well, one, this is a big one friends, hear me. Care more about how food makes you feel over how food will make you look. it's crazy. I can remember a time back in the days when I was personal training and I trained this young girl, she was in probably her late twenties. And she told me, I don't eat bread. And this was in the nineties, pre keto days, pre kind of we're in the Atkins era. And she said, the minute I eat bread, I can feel it on my stomach. And she kind of pinched at her stomach because it's more about the kinesthetic, like touching her skin and the, the flesh that was there feels like dough. So when she would put the dough of bread into her mouth, it just felt like it went right to her stomach. That is just psychology. You know what? More than that, it's like a pharmacology of a deceiver. He gets us to drink the poison of deceit that blurs our vision so that when we look in a mirror, we think not good enough. And then we blame it on food and food, the very thing that was meant to nourish us, to give us a sense of celebration and sustain our life and to be enjoyed, gets twisted along with his twisted thorns of deceit. Care more about how food makes you feel over how food will make you look. I remember a study and forgive me if I'm quoting this out of context, but I remember it's called the Sensi Shake Study, where two groups of people drank the exact same shake, but one was told that it was indulgent and really, you know, luxury kind of a shake. And it was one of those shakes that you would perhaps feel guilty over. And the other group was told it is a low fat shake, like zero calories, zero sugar. And it was the exact same shake. And how they responded feeling after the shake absolutely lined up with what they were told about the shake, not what the shake actually was. (laughs) What a race that you can never win. Instead of letting their body drink the shake, be satisfied by the shake, without ascribing morality of good or bad, indulgent or dietetic diet dietetic. Is that a word? Yes. As if it's going to be good for your health. My friends remember your health matters and food is a part of your health, but unless our minds get healthy around food, we will have behavior modification ongoing for the rest of our life. There is a freedom a greater freedom than you've ever known because now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is when it comes to anything, there's freedom. We need to care more about how food makes us feel over how food makes us look. The second thing is to be thankful. It says this right here with Paul says it. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Now, does this mean we can pray over a Cheeto and it turns into a carrot? No. Does this mean that we can pray over a green salad (laughs) and all of a sudden it's gonna taste like um, sherbet ice cream? No, That's, that's not how it works. It's to be honest before the Lord and say, God, I am grateful for what I have. Because people who are grateful for what they have tend not to over-consume or over-need. They're satisfied. So gratitude needs to go deeper into our life. And food becomes a wonderful practice of just, can I pause here to be thankful, to think about the hands that made this, the farmer that grew it, the truck that it got on, the fact that I had a job to pay for this, that I can have a moment of peace. I can actually swallow tonight and chew and eat. I'm upright. I'm not eating through a feeding tube. Come on, come on. I know these things sound very elementary, but friends, this is entering the kingdom like a child so you can see the kingdom. Thankfulness. Be thankful. Right now, I'm thankful that you're here. Thankful for podcasts. Who knew this, this would be a time on the earth that podcasting would exist, that you can hear this good news because you are being set free and you're staying free. Be thankful, be give us sincere thanks for whatever it is you're about to eat. Sincerely thank you God for this ice cream. Thank you. And stay in that state of gratitude. I am convinced that if you stay in a state of gratitude while you eat, you will not overeat. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve gratitude and greed. You can't serve gratitude and gluttony. If you stay in a posture of gratitude, your relationship with food will be anew. Be thankful. Practice it. Just practice it. Third, what we can do to restore relationship with food is the word of God in prayer. This is the word of God. Like I was saying, can we be praying over a Cheeto and then all of a sudden it turns into something else? No, but again, back to being thankful, that rolls us right into knowing who God is. We can give thanks to the God who gives food. If you notice step one and two, the rest of the world can do this. The rest of the world can start focusing on how food makes them feel. The rest of the world can start being more thankful, but it's for the people of God who things become set apart, different. Our food becomes different. The way we see our body becomes different. The way we move our body, dress our body, the way we interact with others, we become a chosen people set apart for God's purposes, how through the word of God and prayer. That is how food is made holy, drink is made holy, that whether we're eating or drinking, whatever we're doing, it is to the glory of God. There is no separation of sacred and holy or uh, secular and sacred, guys. It's all opportunity. It's all on the table to be lifted up as holy to God. If we can sincerely be thankful, hold it up against the standard of the word, hold ourselves up against the standard of the word, and pray. Pray. People who have the word of God in prayer, an ongoing practice in their life, they do not partner with lies and deceit. The rest of the world can have one and two, but only the people of God. Get number three, people of God, get free. And we show the rest of the world what it looks like to say no to things that are not beneficial for us, not because we're better than anyone or anything, but because we know it's not going to be good for my life and we can give thanks and give God glory. That gives him a good name. Let's make him famous through what we choose to eat and drink. It's true. We can do this. So you probably heard at the beginning of this podcast that we are launching our new offering to you guys. This one has been behind the scenes for some time. We have been working on it, you guys. It's so good. It is called Food Is Not The Boss Of Me. If what I talked about today begins to whet your appetite, no pun intended, we want you to come and join us. Swipe up on the show notes. This is not a donation only. For the first time ever, instead of donation only, We are extending this as an offering, a program at $39. For 21 days, you will get training in a freedom relationship with food where you will learn to trust yourself to the Holy Spirit. Trust yourself to the presence of God in you. Trust yourself like you once had as a as a young child before you knew about diets and fitting into a size 3 pair of jeans we can get that back what's been stolen through lies and deceit this is what the holy spirit wants to do not not necessarily help you get smaller thighs maybe but truly for you to live unashamed boldly and free and in a sober and healthy relationship with food and creation around you. Food is not the boss means 21 days of day-to-day training. Every day you'll receive a short video teaching from me that's gonna help you explain the practical things about learning to trust your own body again with your hunger and fullness cues. You will also get a devotional, a daily devotional, as well as an audio experiential practice. All of this is short. And all this is yours to keep so you can go through at your pace and your time and try what you like. If you just like doing the experientials, just do that. It is a cornucopia of goodness to set you free. This is it. If you are sick and tired of the diets, you're sick and tired of getting lured back in to those lies and deceits, come and put your freedom flag down over here and we are going to get free. $39. It is yours to keep. And we want this This time. We thought, you know what? We want you to really be invested in this so that you will go all the way from beginning to end through these 21 days. And we are expecting a holy revolution as a revelation of God comes to us in our relationship to food. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope this was a teaching to inspire you and give you something to think about and to practice and do. Be thankful. Start paying attention to how food makes you feel, not how you think it makes you look. Be in the Word of God in prayer. You put those things together and practice it day after day after day, and you're gonna get back three and a half days at the end of your life guilt-free and get to enjoy things that are permissible without being dominated or mastered by anything. We love you guys, bless you, and I can't wait to walk out this time with you And Food Is Not the Boss of Me. Peace. Friends, we hope this episode blessed you. And if you love it as much as we did, would you share it with a friend? And be sure to swipe up on the show notes. You will find all the links mentioned in the episode. Let's keep the conversation going. You can leave us an audio message and tell us how this episode sparked something in your heart. We would love to hear from you and hear what you think. Thank you for being here and be sure to connect with us soon in all the places. Peace.